Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, praise God. I want to go back to the Lord's Prayer. You know, we touched base on this a couple weeks back in Matthew 6, and, and, and I want to look at this because I think there's some systems of prayer that are just useless. But I want you to catch the spirit of prayer, which I think creates success. Okay? Matthew 6 and 5. King James is great. Um, it reads real clear. I might add a little bit of stuff into it. But pretty much what it's going to do, it's going to help you understand. Um, it says... And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, okay? Because they think they're going to be heard for much saying, okay? Now, let's, let's read this in the Passion, okay? Because I think I am going to change it around. Because I read this in the King James a couple of Sundays ago. I think the Passion is just going to let you... When, let's just read the whole thing in the Passion because I think it gives a different perspective of understanding. Whenever you pray, be sincere. Remember we talked about that? You got to be sincere in prayer. You're not, you're, not li- you're not lying. You know, sometimes when you got to keep your confession right and you're not, um, you're not, you know, you're not fibbing, you're not, but you're being sincere. Truth is sincerity. These pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others in meetings and on street corners, believe me, they've already received their full reward. So lose the religiosity of prayer. You know, it seems like there it was becoming a spectacle. They were making a spectacle out of it. You know, like, oh. Now, I I think this is going to really kind of catch your Catch your flow. But when you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God. Now, praying to him in secret and your Father who sees will reward you open. Now, this this is an element that I think is really important to pause with. God is hidden. God is in secret because he's hidden. A better translation for me would be praying privately because you can't see God. So this prayer takes faith. Number one principle for me and you to realize is prayer takes faith. You can't see God. You can't touch God. None of your senses can really perceive God. Now, you might get a feeling once in a while like a goosebump, but you get a goosebump when you walk out in cold weather. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you get what I'm saying? We're not living off of the feel. We're not living off of the sea. We're not living off the senses. We're living off of faith. I believe that my prayers are going to make effectual power available. Okay? So here's, the, here's one of the number one prayer secrets, I think. You have to trust the process of prayer. 
Just, just write that down. What do you mean I got to trust the process of prayer? You have to trust the process of prayer because it's going to be done in secret. It's going to be done in private. It's going to be done behind closed doors, but God will reward it openly. Keeping it private is key. Now, what do you mean it's key? I'm not saying you got to be private all the time, but you got to be comfortable with the quietness of prayer. Like, there's not a lot of monologue, dialogue. It's kind of secretive. It's kind of like, I'm away, and then sooner or later, God's going to do this thing openly. Yes. But the thing is, you have to trust the process of the mystery, the secret, the quiet, the closet, and then sooner or later, open. It's not like you're going to go do it and then it's going to open automatically. So you can't get weary in the well-doing just because you don't see any action taking place. you got to trust the process of prayer and trust the legal application of prayer. Okay? Why? Because that's the system God gave us. I think this is the big thing. I... I maybe don't say I don't like the system. I understand how to work with the system. I don't think the system's comfortable. I didn't choose the system. But the key thing we have to remember in serving God is we serve God the way he wants us to serve him, not the way we choose to serve him. So that means in the uncomfortableness of seeking God in silence, I have to be patient with God rewarding me openly. And that doesn't need to be public. That could just be private, whatever he does, and I got to be okay with the process. This is why most people don't pray. They're not okay with the process because they haven't embraced Okay, two things either happen. One, you don't understand it, and you have no concept of, oh, this is how God said do it. It's kind of like this. You ever see an application of anything in life? Like, I never forget this, man. I had this car one time, and um, I, I'm not a real big mechanically guy, you know, but, I mean, I could change like so. So the headlight went out, like the, the bulb, you know, not the whole light. I just, all you got to do, it's like, it's not hard. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You kind of go in there, and you, the bulb actually, you know, twists out, and you pull it out, and you put the new bulb in, twist it in, and go, it's simple, right? Well, no. It was foreign, and it was a nightmare. And I had to take the whole lens off, and now I got it out. Now I'm frustrated, and I never forget this as long as I live. I, I, I was like, oh, forget it. Google it. Everybody knows Google will tell you. And I watched the video with a guy, and literally the guy, when he got to the step that I was at, and I was totally stumped. I'm like, this thing just does not go on. He literally he goes, hey, let me pause and come back. He came back t 20 minutes later, he said. Now, he was video recording. We took the light out. I was at the same spot he was at. I got the bulb. I'm standing there, and I go, this is, like, impossible. He paused the thing and goes, hey, let me go figure this out. I'll come back. So when he comes back, it was real time, you know what I mean, he didn't waste 20 minutes. He said, it just took me 20 minutes to figure this out. You have to get this light thread to be exactly perfect. Now, if you don't know this, there ain't no way in God's green earth I'd still be there. 
And I never forgot that to this day. You had to have this thing, had to, you had to turn the thing to get the alignment. You don't even know the thing turned to get it right. And then it would all lock in, and I did it, and two seconds later, it goes what? One, it had a process. Two, when I was ignorant of the process, I was ineffective. I couldn't do it. Three, once I had proper instruction, everything worked smooth. Four, I would have saved myself hours if I would have had the knowledge. That's the same thing with prayer. Are we praying scripturally? Are we praying knowledgeably? Or are we just sometimes going in there aimlessly, not understanding what's going on? We talked about this. But whenever you go into your innermost chamber to be alone, he will reward you openly. Look at verse 7. When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. That is really good. What do you mean, don't use empty phrases? Well, exactly. You know, that's one of the big things. Don't use empty phrases. I'm telling you, man. Well, I just pray, I just pray prayers. What the heck's that mean? You just pray prayers. I, I just, I just, I just, you know, I just, I just let it, I just wing it. What do you, what do you mean you wing it? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, think about this stuff sometimes. Isn't that true? You know, you just, I, 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 you got, are you, do you have scriptural knowledge? Do you have scriptural evidence? Did God even say you can have it? James says we ask amiss because we just ask it on goofy stuff. Are we, are, well, I just, you know, I just, I just give it a shot. No, no. Are we scriptural? Are we, are we, are we, are we, uh, let's say this. Empty? Are your words empty or are they full when you pray? That's a big thing. Are you empty or are you full? Are you conscious? You know, the Bible says words that are not faith-filled are unemployed. They're doubt and unbelief. Is your words connected to truth to transform your future? If your words are not connected to truth, they can't transform. So am I in there just, you know, or am I scriptural? I'm telling you, man, this is big. There's no need to imitate them. Look at verse 8. Because your father already knows what you need before you ask. Now, here's a big one. If you know what I need before I ask, why do I got to ask? That shows you that God has no legal right in the earth without your words. There you go again. Well, that doesn't make any sense. You have to understand the fall of man. You have to understand how man was restored. And you have to understand that words now have to be released with an amen in the earth from agreement from heaven to see heaven manifest in the earth. So there's things you have to say. That's why the church doesn't talk enough. There's things you have to say. There's things you have to pray. 
And there's things you have to release through words in the earth to get heaven to have agreement to produce connection, to produce God-given results. We're sitting back waiting for God. God's sitting back waiting for you. And without words, he cannot perform it in your life. That's important. I know what you need, but you got to ask anyway. Why? Because words have to be released. Now, that doesn't make God mean. That just makes God. See, here's the thing. You could complicate prayer without understanding the system of heaven. The system of heaven means God cannot just do what he wants to do. He has to have words in the earth to do it. That makes sense and creates responsibility of confession in the life of the believer because now I understand the system, the overall universal system of heaven. Without knowing that, I, I'm basically ignorant in this thing and I'm expecting God to do things he cannot do because he gave me the responsibility of words in the earth. So now you're like, oh, maybe some of this stuff not happening is because I haven't given God the words to make it happen. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. So that's why when he even told these guys, hey, our Father, pray like this, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Okay? Manifest your kingdom real and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on the earth, just as it was fulfilled in heaven. Do you see that? So he's saying, let the kingdom of heaven be manifest in the earth. You got to have words for that. You got to have enforced authority for that. You got to have somebody in the earth standing for that. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. That's big. Do you acknowledge God as your provider of everything you need every day? Well, then we wouldn't be worrying. We wouldn't be worrying if we knew God was the supply and source of all of our needs and that he was going to do it. Manifest your kingdom realm, 10, and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider for all we need each day. This is big, right? Every place you really see Jesus teach about prayer at another level, forgiveness is always right around the corner. Forgive me my wrongs that we have done and release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. So there's forgiveness. We talked about that a couple of Sundays ago. And when you pray, Whoever shall say in the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not down his harbor, shall believe whatsoever he says, shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever he says. And when you stand praying, forgive. You got to get to a place of forgiving because if you do not get to a place of forgiving, you cannot get to a place of receiving. And it kind of can hold back and hinder your prayer life because Jesus forgave you, you got to forgive others. That's not easy, but you got to forgive because if you don't forgive, it can be messing up your prayer life why is that? Universal law of prayer. Not my laws. God's laws. So what if I don't know God's laws? It doesn't make a difference. You're still bound in the earth to perform God's laws. What happens when we find them? We must work the system. So you're saying, Pastor Chris, I'm, somebody says, I'm not going to forgive. 
Well, then God can't answer some of your prayers. Maybe some of your prayers aren't getting answered because you can't forgive. Now, I don't want to say that. It's kind of like, you know, whoa, I don't want to hear that. But ain't that the truth? What's hindering? There's roadblocks to prayer. What is it? What's your roadblock to prayer? Rescue us. Look at this. 13. Every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. Okay? For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Now watch 14. He ain't done. And when you pray... Make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. He keeps pounding this forgive thing, man. But look at 15. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. So now, that's everywhere you really see massive teaching on prayer, you see you must be a forgiver. So obviously, this is a big thing with God for me and you to hold the fence towards someone and not release them in hindering our prayers. So the first thing you got to ask yourself, I think it's Kenneth Hagin has roadblocks to prayer or whatever it is. So ask yourself the question, well, you know, my press, Chris, my prayer life ain't as simple as you think it is. Well, I got a question for you. Is your prayer life, start looking at the roadblocks. I'm going to see, I'll, I'll, I'll do some studying on that, and I'll get you the roadblocks to prayer next week. I know we're coming into April, but I'll, I'll teach that next week. What are the roadblocks? Because I better know what these things are. And it seems like to me, one of the big ones is I'm, I'm, I, forgiveness. I'm not going to forgive. Wow. Maybe you better forgive because if you don't, I mean, maybe you're messing, like, right? What are these? Oh, I got roadblocks. Well, what are these roadblocks? You know what I'm saying? Wow. I don't, I don't want to even think about those. No, let's ask a question. If prayer is taking... If prayer is taking too long to come to pass, I think he calls it hindrances in prayer. I think that's what it is. I think it's like six hindrances in prayer. I'll get it. And I, I'm telling you, man, maybe maybe it's not you're not praying. Maybe you got it. Maybe it's held back. Wow. That's big. Six hindrances to faith, right? We got to make sure we get rid of these roadblocks. Ignoring the word of God, not knowing how it works, not understanding the system. That's a big one. Let's just look at these and I'll get you. Not knowing what God's word says. Not when we're God's word instructs. 
not understanding, having ignorance of God's word, walking out of love. You know, Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, if you knew how much it was costing you walking out of love, you'd never walk out of love another minute of your life. I never forgot that. I was like, man, I don't want to walk out of love. I, you know, what, what's my, think about it, right? So my prayer life, I don't understand the system of prayer. I don't understand the rules of prayer. I don't understand the ordinances of heaven. I don't understand the order of how God does things. That's all on me. I didn't know you're supposed to pray scriptural. That's on you. I didn't know I was only supposed to pray once and believe I received. That's on you. Lack of understanding and lack of having spiritual instruction could be one of the big hindrances. How about this one? I don't want, I'm not walking in love. Well, it's affecting your prayer life. If you brought in your car to go get diagnostics, it would try to find the roadblock to why it's not running right. Don't you think if prayers look like they've been hindered, we should ask ourselves the questions through an inter judge yourself so you're not judged. Hey, man, let me check my, well, this was it. Kenneth Hagin, I heard him say this, and this is what he said. I almost fell out of my seat when he said it. I was like, this guy's got to be kidding me. He said, if my prayers that I pray do not get answered in a couple of days, three, two, two to three days, he goes, I check up on my love walk. And I said, this guy's got to be kidding because there's stuff I've been believing God for for God knows how long. Now, understandably, what it, I got it. He said money was always a little bit more of a hindrance because it takes people's will and certain things. And we understand there's big stuff, but I get what he was saying. I get what he was saying. Does that make sense? There's some things right then and there. This should be easy receivers. But what's the first thing he said? Is my love walk being hindered? Because a step out of love is a step out of faith. You know, sometimes we doubt God. Let's be straight. Anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives what? Sometimes we doubt, we're doubting. We don't know, can I really? How about sometimes we don't, we, don't, we don't desire the right thing? And, you know, that's the truth, man. And I've been talking about that lately, and that's been, that's been kind of, um, that's been kind of tough to say because of, um, I didn't want anybody to feel like, well, I got a desire. Well, there's certain things you might desire that God doesn't want you to have, you know? And I think, like, not the good life or, you know, something like, you know, something that you desire, like, certain things. Like, God wants everybody to prosper. God wants everybody to be well. God wants, but there's some things maybe, like, say God wants you to have a ministry and you want to go start a business or Say God wants you to have a business and you want to go start a ministry or whatever it is. Man, maybe some of the things that are not opening or operating are not the will of God and plan for your life. I told you that one time. I had this person. They were believing God for this job. We got an agreement. I was like, man, if it's your job, you're going to get the job. If it's not your job, you're not going to get the job. Open a door, close the door. Let's get an agreement. We prayed. We agreed. They didn't get the job. They got mad. Because all they saw was this is going to be better. But you don't know if it's better. We don't know everything. We only know in part. And then we found out later, wow, you know what? It was better you didn't get that job because the job that she got was better than the job she had and was trying to get. That's big, man. 
I think that's one of the biggest things that you can really grab a hold of is I don't know everything. You know? Man, I'm going to tell you what. You got to get this covenant thing figured out. I like that. And you got to remember, you got to be spirit-led. That's a big one, too. Because a lot of times, I don't know what to pray. The Holy Ghost does. And you got to be careful what you say because you got to realize this. After you pray, you got to watch your mouth. Remember we learned about that with the ministering spirit seminar on angels? Many people prayed and undo their prayers with their mouth. That you nullify your faith that was released with wrong words. Sometimes we pray prayers and then we nullify it with negative faith and basic negative words. So in other words, you don't have the corresponding actions to faith because your actions of words, which is the work of words in your actions, don't line up. So you hinder your prayer life and you don't even realize it. You've seen people like that talking one minute over here and then talking one minute over there. Not good. Don't, um, don't talk doubt and unbelief and take faith away from your prayers just because you don't see the corresponding actions in the earth. Because while it's in secret, he will reward you openly. You just don't know when. Because words of doubt and unbelief will produce, will, they will negate your faith and nullify the effects of your prayers. This is where a lot of people missed it. Man, I'm telling you. Don't speak negative. Don't speak doubt. Because you hinder your prayers with wrong actions. You hinder your, you hinder your prayers with wrong words. Don't do it. Big one, too, is you got to cooperate with God. God wants to supply your needs. God wants to do all this stuff. God wants to, well, you know what you think. Well, are, are you being willing and obedient? Well, you know, I'm a little bit willing, but I'm not obedient. Or I'm a little bit obedient and I'm not willing. You got to work with God when it comes to praying. I like that one. Because that one ain't easy. That's why you pray. Out of, that's why you got to pray. 
consecration prayers because you, let me tell you something about God. You start off here and you trust God and you, and you consecrate your life. Then God wants more and you consecrate your life. Then God wants more and you consecrate your life. Then God wants more and you, it's a constant consecration. It's constant consecration. What does that mean? Well, you used to be here, and now you got preoccupied. Well, you know, I'm not excited about God as I was. I got other things on my mind. No, and then you got to consecrate yourself to the next level. Well, you know, it's okay, but I got, no, I want, you see what I mean? It's a level, because you can stay right here for the rest of your life. But if you, if you get to a place of prayer, whoa, and you follow your spirit, wow, and you don't follow the circumstances, and you're led to the Lord, Man, it gets better and better and better and better. You're going from glory to glory to glory. So always keep it in line with the word. And then another thing I'm going to leave you with is this. Keep your prayer life in line with God's vision that he gave you. That's a big one. Okay, so what does that mean? Sometimes I think what it is is we, we don't understand the vision that God gave us and the position, so if you're, a, if you're a husband, right, and you're like, well, I'm not a ministry. You don't need to be a ministry, but you might just be a godly man. You need to keep your prayers in line with a godly man's life. You might be a godly woman. You need to keep your prayers in line with a godly woman life. You might be a kid. You know what I mean? You got parents. Honor your parents. You got to line your life up with your prayer life. I'm a minister. I got a, line, I got a different responsibility. I got to line my life up with my responsibility. This is a big thing. I think people blur the lines, and sometimes your prayer life could get messed up because you're not walking in your vision. What's that? What do you mean? How's that going to affect my prayer life? Simple. Because you got to realize something. Your prayer life is connected to your vision. There's my, some things you might want that are outside of your vision. God don't want you doing that. If you're a missionary, God don't want you having some business stuck on it. No, God wants you in the mission field. If you're a business guy, God don't want you in the mission field. Oh, God, open. Now, God's, oh, God wants you to say, man, go make money. I don't know what it is, but keep your prayers connected to your vision. It'll change your life. These are the truths that get deeper in prayer. Like, I thought I'd just go in there and find a scripture and rip it up. Well, you know. I might be praying, oh, you know what I'm praying? I'm going to start praying. I'm going to be an NBA. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play in the NBA because God will give me the desire of my heart because I'm going to play in the NBA. Have you seen my game? I am not going to. Listen, some things are impossible. All things are possible to him that believes. As long as what you believe is connected to your vision. As long, how, you say, Pastor Chris, that don't make no sense. God has not gifted me to go play in the NBA. Hello? I don't care how hard I practice. I don't care who I train with. Michael Jordan can come try to teach me basketball. I'm scoring four points, bro, and that's about it. Are you getting the picture? But I'm praying, I'm believing, I got a desire. No, that is not linked to what God has for my life. Ain't that, that good? You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, maybe, I, maybe you praying a prayer God don't want you to pray. Oh, you better stop it now. No, but that's true. So what I need to do is find my vision. If Michael Jordan starts praying, let me be pastor of relevant church, he's out of the will of God. That ain't his job. Anoint me to be the pastor. 
He's out, he's out of left field. All things are possible. You see what I'm saying? Get the vision and line your prayers up with the vision. If you're, if you're, take your responsibility and allow it to function. That means God can do anything, but God does what's connected to the will of God for your life. That's the word of God and the call of God. Keep your prayers connected. And that's the problem. Everybody wants to be somebody else, man. Be the best husband. Be the best wife. Be the best kid. Be the best Christian you could possibly be by keeping your prayers in line with the word of God. Amen? Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you for leading them. I thank you for guiding them. I thank you that this message today connects with their heart, allows them to see and know greater than ever before who they are, what they have, what they can do, what they can become in the kingdom through their prayers. Let their prayer life go to a whole other level and let them be led by the Spirit of God greater than ever before in the arena of prayer. Let them walk in the will of God, the Word of God, and the plan of God for their life and let their prayer life go to a whole other level. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, guys, I am so happy you were with me tonight. Thanks for sharing. You can share right now. It's going to help people, man. Some people feel like my prayer has been hindered, but we got to get our prayers scriptural. we got to get our prayers in line with the will of God. And most of all, we got to get our prayers in line with what God wants for our life. Remember those principles? It's going to change your life, and your prayer life is going to hold to the level. I'm going to see you Sunday. Stick around for a minute. Watch some relevant news. Catch up what's going on here. And remember, this Easter is right around the corner. Don't forget, find your five. Invite somebody to church, man. America is on the cusp of maybe the greatest revival we've ever seen. People are hungry. They want to know about God. This is our time. The Bible says, look on the field. It's white with harvest. Get the sickle and go reap the reward. Go find somebody. Invite them to church. I'm going to see you Sunday at Relevant. I love you guys, and God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.